the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the marinade with Jason Earl, episode 18, y'all, with the great Hannah Harbour. This is such an honor, and I'm so excited that this came together the way that it did. We just celebrated a year, y'all. The very first episode of the marinade was released on September 6th, 2017. Just really amazing to think how far we've come. And I know I do a lot of that reminiscing, but one year is, I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of the way that we've grown, the support that we've gotten from all of you, the support that we've gotten from some of our favorite musicians, the conversations that we've had with these incredible creatives, uh, branching out and getting away from just music with Vanessa Jean Speckman last episode, to have BJ Barham on twice is such a thrill, and I'm so thankful that each and every one of you has supported us along the way. This episode is such a perfect sort of one-year celebration. It encompasses everything that really I would hope that the marinade would become. It is a true conversation about the creative process, and it came together so organically. I'm really happy that Hannah had spent the time to talk with us, but what's crazy about it is that we were just going to sit down and do an intro for the BJ Barham episode for uh, the second time, the, the return that BJ did um, to the marinade, which became episode 16. Hannah Harbour came over and we started talking about a story that you heard on that episode about her accidentally breaking BJ's capo. And then we just started rapping about life. And y'all, Hannah is a bright light. And I realized that this had to be its own episode. She's a singer and a songwriter, and she sings with conviction. Sometimes you can catch her solo acoustic, and other times she's accompanied by her band, The Lionhearts, and I've had the good fortune of seeing her do both. Most recently, I saw her open for American Aquarium and Travis Meadows from episodes 15 and 16, respectively, and that led to this conversation, as I mentioned before. We talk about a, a couple of people by first name only during the episode, so I kind of just want to... Yeah, give you a heads up uh, so that you're not lost. We talk about Will, the owner of Will's Pub here in Orlando, where I record many of our episodes. And then we talk about Thomas Wynn, Hannah's husband, who's an incredible musician in his own right. And you can check out Thomas's music with his band Thomas Wynn and the Believers. Also, really exciting news, Hannah and the Lionhearts have made some progress in the studio after a very successful Kickstarter campaign. And so their new album is going to be coming out fairly soon, and we have a sneak peek. We have a song that hasn't even been mastered yet that Hannah was willing to share with us, and it sounds amazing. It's an absolute burner. Just so fired up for you guys to hear it. I'm so grateful to Hannah for her time and her openness. She's such an insightful and funny person. Listening back to this was so much fun, and y'all, it took me out of a funk. I was just kind of in a not-so-great place uh, emotionally, and I went back to edit this episode, and our conversation and the things that she said and the exchanges that we had were really inspiring to me, and it took me back to that moment where we recorded here at the house 
Um, right after we'd moved in, Chris and I had moved in and Chris was in the other room doing a woodworking project. There was just a creative energy about the whole thing. And Hannah really opened up. I'm so grateful for Hannah. I'm so grateful for her music. I'm so grateful for the friendship that we've been developing since this. I just think that we are lucky in Orlando to have her. And I'm grateful that the rest of the world is getting a chance to hear her on this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Hannah Harbour. Maybe better. That is better. Like a 70s newscaster. <laughs> Welcome to CBS <laughs> Nightly with <laughs> Hannah Harbour. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, yes, actually, you. with Hannah Harbour. This is so cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I want to talk about so many different things. Okay. Right. Deal. So, um, and uh, I think the first thing I want to start with is just sort of that night that you opened for Travis and American Aquarium was such a magical time. Like everything about it from yeah. start to finish, it was, your set was beautiful. And then those, those two, uh, what I, kind I'm of, I'm still not over it. Right. Yeah. Um, can you kind of walk through like, so you're, you're opening. What is that whole experience like for you? Yeah. So it actually is kind of extra magical too, because Will and I had a miscommunication about, me opening the show in general so I didn't know that it was happening until like 5 a.m. I woke up that morning because I have a little boy and he gets up at random hours how rock and roll yeah oh so rock and roll <laughs> and um I had a message from Will that said hey are you good for tonight and I was like wait a minute what? <laughs> been months since we had really talked about it yeah. so I think that part kind of added to the magic for me too but um so nope. what did you, wait a minute. So the, what, it, sorry to cut yeah, you no, off, okay. but what did you do? Like you didn't have any preparation then? You didn't well, know I mean, like, I just, I didn't know for sure. Yeah. I didn't know that I, I shouldn't even say for sure. I didn't know I was doing it. We had talked about it months prior yeah. like before BJ even announced the show and there were no announced openers at that point. So Will and I were talking like, Hey, if 
BJ needs somebody, like the Lionhearts would love to do it. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, he's got solo acoustic openers. Like that's not going to work for us to have like a local full band and then jump back down to more stripped down. Anyway, so Will and I just kind of dropped it, didn't talk about it until the morning of again. That has to change your preparation, I would think. It does, but you know, I I kind of work better under pressure. Oh, cool. I'm one of those people. Yeah. And I think it just meant more to me then because it was like, oh, I'm going to go do this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's just be as candid and vulnerable as we can. I threw a set together and because I haven't played solo like that in a little while. Right. I haven't really been playing much because we're working on recording, but... Yeah. So yeah, I think that just kind of added fuel to the fire for me. Uh huh. That when I got there, it was like you know, twelve hours ago, I didn't even know I was doing this. So you didn't even have a capo. I didn't even have a capo. Oh you, my goodness! Can you tell that story? A, yes, I will tell the story. <laughs> so I did um, at home that day. I kind of ran through some of my songs that I knew I would do, and since I've got a full band as well, to kind of come back to a full set of songs without their accompaniment is a little different so the arrangements of the songs change a little so anyway I'd been working on that at home I had this one song where I needed a capo I left the capo at home so I get on stage I get all set up and I just had a line check so I open my guitar case I put my strap on I realize I don't have a capo in my case so I go down to the merch table and talk to pigs and he's like oh just take the one off BJ's headstock it'll be fine <laughs> of course it'll be fine <laughs> so if you were at the show, people listening, the the guitars on stage, there were so many instruments on stage, and Will's yeah. stage is not huge. So I, like, tiptoe around, I grab BJ's capo, put it on my guitar. The song I played that needed it was, like, the third song in, I think. And I go to take the capo off my guitar, and the thing literally just, like, falls apart into two pieces <laughs> in my hands. And there was like that, <gasps> because Will's also isn't very big in front of where the stage is. And so people standing there were like, oh, she just broke that. Oh, no. <sighs> and so it was fine. I just play the rest of the set. But it's, was it a Sunday or a Monday? It was a Monday. A Monday night. <laughs> so at this point, it's like 9 p.m. Yeah. So I'm like, as I'm playing the rest of my set, I'm racking my brain. Like, where can I go right now to even go buy him a new capo? Oh, like, he's wow. going to need this in half an hour, you yeah. know? So I get off the stage and I go down to Pigs. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And Pigs just chuckles and he's like, oh, look at this thing. It was bound to break soon or whatever. And so then I'm still just like, oh, God, I got to tell BJ I broke it. Like, what a dummy. (laughs) Of course this happens to me. So BJ comes in, he talks to Pigs, and I'm like standing off to the side of the merch table. And I didn't really even see him come in until he was like making a beeline toward me. And I thought to myself, oh, God, here it comes. (laughs) <laughs> and he just grins and hugs me. And he's like, I was about to break it if you didn't. You know, oh, and that nice southern drawl that right, he has. Right. I was just like, gosh, how gracious of a yeah. human, you know? Yeah. And not that I wouldn't have expected that from him. Right. But when you're on the road and, like, your stuff is your stuff, mm. I totally would have understood if he was like, this girl, what the heck, you yeah. know? But he was just so kind about it and uh, went on to play his set. I like left him some money he came back over he gave me the money he's like i have three other capos in my case like stop it they got a they got a bus now yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i want a bus lady enjoy your ride home in your kia Um, (laughs) but yeah he was just so so kind yeah because and that's how he is you know he's all there's no bullshit in that guy you know he is just like a very genuine honest guy yeah it seems like it it really does that was the second time i had a chance to record with him and this time he opened up so much. Yeah. And so I'm really excited for this episode because he just like 
we just sat we were on his bus yeah so he just was like we were i was gonna record right by right behind indies which is where i usually record okay but it was like 730 degrees yeah. you know it was like the hottest day of the year <laughs> and so he's like let me just go ask the boys if we can record he's wearing yeah. like you know he's He's a rock and roller. He's wearing black jeans and a black <laughs> shirt <laughs> and his Dale Earnhardt hat, yeah, that's you know? Right, that's right. So he's, he's dressed like VJ Barham, you yeah. know? And, and uh, he's like, let me see if they'll let us record on the bus. So we went on their bus and it was like from the future. You push a button and the door slides and then oh, you push so another cool. button and the door yeah. slides. And we went all the way to the back and kind of in his chambers, you know, and yeah. we just kind of sat on his bed and talked and it was That's sort of like great. just buddies, you know, yeah. <laughs> sitting and talking, which was really fun. Um, so the, you, you, you survived the Cape, Capo incident. You survived the Capo You survived incident. not really knowing whether you were playing that night yeah. or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what is that like? I'm just picturing you got these two incredible acts coming up after oh, you, right? Yeah. And had you listened to much of Travis's stuff before? I had. And okay. actually, I was, of course, so excited to see American Aquarium. It had been probably five or six years since I'd seen them. Yeah. And um, but I think probably maybe a year ago mm -hmm. or maybe not that long, because I think first cigarette of Travis's came out like beginning of this year. So mm -hmm. it couldn't have been too terribly long ago. I had a friend in Nashville who posted something about him uh. and it was just like a casual Instagram post it wasn't even like oh check out my friend Travis it was just musicians sitting around playing and he happened to be the one playing yeah and I was just immediately like drawn to whatever he was doing I don't even remember what he was playing yeah so when first cigarette came out um I just kind of devoured it yeah and so but then you know like we all do you listen to something you love it and then it's not that you forget about it but you then start listening to something else or right, whatever right. so when travis got announced as the opener for the bj show i was like especially excited to yeah. see him and i just was not prepared for mm. what an experience that was wow to, you know even knowing the songs and knowing the few songs like oh i can't wait to hear this one i really uh -huh. can't wait to hear this one um He's just like a songwriter, songwriter. Can you say more about that? Like the, how, what the experience was like? I and mean, yeah. we were kind of, we were there together for yeah. a lot of it, standing next to each other. And I, I think there was this feeling, you know, it was mm -hmm. the two of us and Jen yeah. Ross, whose shots came oh, out. Oh man, they're God, incredible. Of course, I of course. But I, and it's, I'm so grateful to have her on yeah. board. Like it's just, she's such a good person and, and such an incredible photographer yeah, too. Yeah, she is. Um, but that was really fun to sit there. There was an energy, you yep. know, about that whole experience. Um, for you watching that, right? Yeah. So you, you've just come off stage. Are you able to just switch on your fan hat in that moment? I am. I think, you know, maybe the answer is different for everyone, but I always want to be a fan first. Mm. Um, and so I, it is kind of easy for me to like step down and then all of a sudden, you know, fangirl over what's in front of me. Um, That's but awesome. for something like a night like that, where, the songs matter so much. Like, it's it's not a night to, you know, you're not gonna be grooving, dancing. I mean, maybe yeah, you will, but sure. it's so much more about like listening to the truth as it's presented to you. Oh, wow. And I just feel like Travis, um, I, he just nails that. I don't know any other way to say it. And I think that vulnerability that comes across from him is it's powerful because it, allows you to be more vulnerable with yourself or yeah. with the person next to you. And if you're standing next to me feeling that same way in yourself, there's power in us feeling that thing between right. us. You know, yeah. I don't know. He just is, he did that to me, yeah. for me at Will's that night. And then to have that followed up by an incredible rock and roll show yeah. was just like, 
it was phenomenal. That pairing is phenomenal. It is ideal, isn't it? Yeah. It's re- like you mentioned the fact that you wouldn't have wanted to put the Lionhearts up there and then go back to Travis and then yeah. go back up to American Aquarium. Right. The w- the sequencing was perfect. What a perfect bill. Yeah. I mean, you had your thing, then he had a cello pl- cello yeah. with oh him. Oh my gosh, Are you it was an, kidding oh, me? Was amazing. I know. And then and then, you know, so it's like a, a little bit step up in the fullness of the sound. Yeah. The emotions there with your music, that's one of the things that really comes through in your music oh, is just you. like there's a there's a soul to it that you know that you would hope for. What's up, bud? What's the matter? So sorry. sorry, guys. Tommy's upset. What is it, dude? Everybody's heard about Tommy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? It's okay. Um, yeah, he's the best. Um, so <laughs> there you go. That's better. <laughs> um, there's that soul to your music, and then. And then Travis has, is just full of so much emotion. Yeah. It's been interesting. I just released episode 15 I two days ago. Yeah, you did? I did. Isn't it wonderful? It is amazing, yeah. He, and I don't mean that from anything I did. I mean just no, it's him, you know, just the what he shared and how he shared. The response to that one has been amazing. I'm sure. Messages from people about how that, like his conversation is impacting their life. Yeah. His music is impacting their life. What an amazing, uh, it's not necessarily a responsibility. Maybe it is. I don't, I don't know if you feel that like with music, whether it's you have any sort of responsibility to your audience or do you think of it in terms of like, I'm just going to create great art and hopefully people like that. I think both have to come into play, but I can only speak for myself. Yeah. I am in a season or maybe this is a long, maybe this isn't a a rebirth kind of thing. I'm not sure. But right now I'm really attached to making sure that I'm not leading with my ego. And Hmm. so that can change sonically how I arrange something or a line that I might write a different way. If it's that I'm too concerned about how it might be received. There are some people who, if their bend is absolutely, I am responsible for how someone might hear this, then fine. Let that be your bend. But I'm a little bit in a place right now where not a little bit I am in a place right now where I just want to make sure that I'm allowing myself to be vulnerable and if Mm -hmm. that means somebody disagrees or if it means that I might give someone the wrong impression then that's okay um but I think that there's we do have it's a privilege that comes along with the responsibility of telling the truth Mm. and it doesn't have to be mine entirely but the truth is I can see it around me or feel it or what someone else might tell me about their truth um, I think that's where the responsibility lies that we we don't get too caught up in what like our ego might say about a situation but just what is happening here what do I see here so how do you get that there? makes sense it makes a ton of sense okay um how do you yeah how do you get out of your ego and I th- I, I think you have to get there before you sit down to write mm. so however you get there um hmm. for me that's yoga and meditation and eating Uh, good food and not drinking too much and there's little things I think along the way but I we're we're given an intuition for a reason and I think if you're at battle with yours then your art suffers entirely oh wow and if even for people who don't consider themselves an artist everyone is creative right and so that's the whole purpose of the show yeah, awesome. <laughs> you know awesome. what I mean? So, yeah. like, you know, if you're a chef, your food suffers if you're yeah. at battle with your intuition, you know? Right. Um, I, I don't love know. That. Maybe that's too no. whatever, but 
I love that too. What you just said though about the idea that ca- you just captured the essence of why we do this. That's oh, why that's this awesome. show exists right here. Is like because I truly believe that there is a creative element to every discipline in life. Whether that and that could be not just a profession. Yeah. That could be the meal that you're cooking in your kitchen. Right. That could be the way you raise your kid. That Absolutely. could be your interactions with your pets. It could be interpersonal interactions. There is an element of creativity in all of that. And yeah. if it's not honest, if it's not true, then that takes away from those interactions. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So when you sit down, so does that look like then you get up, you meditate and you sit down to write? Or? Lord, I wish. <laughs> um, but I have, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Julia Cameron in the artist way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did start that a few months ago and I've tried to give myself the grace to start and restart and start and restart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're also familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm a two mm-hmm. on the Enneagram and it, for me, like the elements of pride are something that I really struggle with in the way that I talk to myself, not necessarily how someone else might see me, but the way I see myself. Mm-hmm. So I have to unendingly give myself the grace to start again of things like my morning meditation or my morning pages, which is what Julia Cameron calls just kind of like that first outpouring of writing. Yeah. Just get it out, do the work, do your craft, throw it away if you have to yep. never read it again. Or maybe you do, but maybe like, you, you know, um, I try to be, and Thomas and I just implemented this again as a kind of rule in our household now that he's off tour, but we don't do any social media ing before noon. And I think in some weird way, just that little discipline shifts things. And I remember you mentioned something about that on a recent one. Maybe that was with Travis. I'm not sure, but I've mentioned it several times recently because it's and I keep putting it out there to hold myself accountable. <laughs> you know That's what good. I mean? It's yeah. Good. yeah. 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 It, it, for me, it's no no internet at all until for the first two hours of the day. Good for you, yeah. But I'm not, and don't give me too much credit because the last few days, especially with the release of the episode, yeah. the, the last episode, because I'm so excited about it. Right. You know, like I'm yeah. so, I'm so proud of episode, everything that we've done, but episode 15, I was just like, this is, I feel like we're gaining momentum yeah. in terms of the way it sounds and the, the connection that I'm having with guests and and there's just something really beautiful happening with the show right now. Yeah. So I, I, I am guilty of like hopping on and sh- sending a tweet at like, yeah. you know, I'm up at five, five thirty most mornings. Right. Like si- by six o'clock, I'm already tweeting. Yeah. Where at, but for about two months there, I was really, really good about it. And it was the happiest I've been in a long time. Yeah. You know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And for you, it sounds like you're not beating yourself up when you don't do it. No. And then that's kind of, yeah. I think my mindset that I've had to make sure that I remember it's yeah. like yeah go back to your discipline but don't tell yourself you're a dummy because you didn't stick to it you yeah. know just but start again that's hard too it is and for me at least I can't speak for you but that it's hard right yeah. we're like you because you, you want to feel like you're disciplined enough <laughs> right. right I'm adult human like all yeah. I'm asking of myself <laughs> is to not get on the internet right. for two hours right. that <laughs> is not a huge <laughs> is not a huge ask right 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 but I've failed the last two days, <laughs> you know? probably the last three days. If I'm, <laughs> let's get back to the truth. <laughs> but um, it does make a difference. It makes a difference in your happiness, yeah. you know, but and it's hard, though, because you don't. I mean, so if you're going to produce music or a podcast, I mean, a podcast is strictly web based. If you're going to produce music and you've got a Kickstarter, you got yeah. a, a new album that you're working on. Yeah. Where is that? You have to have the Internet. I don't want to get too deep into that because I want to hear about <laughs> I want to hear about the the Kickstarter. I want to yeah. hear about the album. Where's the process? Yeah, you look so excited even thinking I, about I it. I am so excited. I am great. so excited. Mm. I I waited so long to get here, yeah. and I think that because 
and not because I made myself. I just didn't feel like the time was right. And so once uh. something does feel right, it's like I, it's electric inside of me. I cannot wait to get all this rolling even more. And the fact that I'm even stepping into the studio, I'm that excited. Like, yeah. I, I don't even care that it's going to come out right now. I'm getting to do this part. Um, but yeah, the Kickstarter, I did one about eight seven years ago uh -huh. um, for the first EP I ever put out and it was wonderful and I'm grateful for it and then I thought to myself okay I can never do that again mm -hmm. because I used that route once already I already asked like that yeah so I had some friends about a year ago do one and it was wildly successful and I remember thinking to myself oh that's so brave uh, and then uh -huh. I checked myself right away like I think that's brave and I won't do it so what i'm saying is like it's okay for them to do it and how brave of them but i could never yeah like, what am i robbing myself of right oh, here wow. you know and so i talked to thomas about it and i said i know the time isn't right right now but when i feel like it is this is gonna I, i'm gonna do this again yeah so here i am and we're in the middle yeah. of it and we i think we have like 20 days left okay somewhere give or take um and we're about 75 percent funded which is like so wildly that's exciting. so exciting it is so exciting and I was talking to a friend last night about it because I feel like because I did wait until it felt right, I'm not concerned at all that it's not going to make it. I, and I, I don't mean that to sound like arrogant or lofty other than to say like, I really believe in this and I see it already, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so to, ha to watch that number climb is just like this. Yes, yes, yes. That's we're so doing fun. It, we're doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's incredibly. So exciting. where is uh, are the songs written? Songs are written. Okay. I'm not entirely certain the number of tracks. That'll kind of depend on where we fall financially. Mm -hmm. um, but we're recording. Um, I say on the Kickstarter video it's in Longwood, but I think they're technically in Castleberry. But it's a studio called Pioneer Sound, so close by. Okay. Um, and they've just been incredible to work with. Mm. And um, Thomas and I'll do a little bit of some of the post production work in Nashville. And then um, it'll hopefully be ready to go. I'm, I'm going to say like first week of November is like my my hope yeah. that it's out into the, the world. I turned 30 that week. So and I said to myself like a year ago, I want to put something out by the time I'm 30. And then here we are. It's happening. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Do you think you were conscious of that? Like, or was that the thing I, you said? I think I just like wanted to be. Yeah. But sometimes you have to make yourself believe it. Like, uh -huh. isn't that the point of a mantra? You know, like right, you right. speak it until you believe it. And like, so I just, I'm going to do that. Right. And then I immediately shied away from it for a little bit, but here we are. It's coming. It's that's coming. great. But I mean, that's good. And again, giving yourself permission to yeah. like, no, I, it will, didn't come together perfectly. Like it did in my mind's eye. Right. And that's right. totally okay. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. And it's, gonna be out in November right. and wow yeah. <laughs> you know it's all how beautiful yeah. that you got it done did are the song did the songs come together at the same time or are they spread of out over if you mean recording them or writing writing them? them writing them has been there are a couple that I've had for I would say a few years yeah a couple of them as recent as like last summer okay um but nothing that I've written immediately there's one song on there that's kind of an iffy right now it hasn't been tracked yet we're doing the rest of the tracking in uh, august uh -huh. but that i recently wrote and the band we like started to work it up and we all got really excited about it and then it was like but we don't have the time to really work it up but before we go in the studio but we all kind of have that thing about it so i think we might yeah. see how it goes uh -huh. and that one's just a couple of months old but most of them i've been sitting on for a little while uh -huh. and that feels good yeah you know 
because you tweak them too much and then you just go okay done done but you also i would assume know those songs pretty well too you do you know you know when you write are you starting with an idea is it coming in pieces i'm a, i'm a pieces person and it's like my best stuff comes when i'm driving i don't know what it is for me about motion like driving i've never heard that yeah so i named the band while i was driving i like named my child when I was driving I my, I have a handful of songs I can think of off the top of my head that while I was driving it was like this line came to me or this melody line came to me whoa and I'll just like voice memo them okay. and then come back to them yeah um the songs I only have one song that I've ever like intended to sit down to write that I've loved huh. and that's not because I don't think that you can get something when you intentionally make space to like, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch for the next two hours. I'm only going to write a song. I've gotten ones out of that. Yeah. But as far as ones that I've like, those are like my work songs. Like, okay, you got to do it. You just got to do it. The stuff that comes to me driving. I don't know. It's like a weird sacred space for me in the car. That's so interesting. <laughs> Have, has that always been the case? Like even from early memories I mean, of driving? I guess I started writing before I could drive. So I guess it hasn't always been the case, but I, it is now and I'm so okay with it. Yeah. Um, but I also do maybe now that I'm a mom, like when I'm driving, especially if I'm alone in the car, that's like the only time that's oh. just really just me. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, maybe it's the silence. Maybe it's the motion. I have no idea, but there's some sort of sacred magic when I'm driving the car. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so interesting. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that. Travis did say something about being in, like on the road sometimes if he's in the van or whatever, that idea will come um, on because he doesn't really ride on the road, yeah. you know. But I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that when they're driving. That's really interesting. Yeah. You mentioned that you started writing before you could drive. Mm -hmm. So has music been obviously been a part of your life for a long time. You also yeah. mentioned to me at the show that – that Swanee was a part of your childhood. Yeah. So what were your early musical influences? Um, so I have like embarrassing ones, obviously. We, we all do. Yeah. Like I remember, and I'll tell you an embarrassing one so I can just get it yes. out of the way. But I remember distinctly that when Jessica Simpson was mm. making music, mm -hmm. I wrote a fan letter to her uh -huh. and my sister like I was too nervous. I was like, Oh, this is so stupid. And I like <laughs> threw it in my closet and my sister found it and read uh, it. And she was like, Hannah, what in the world is this? I was probably, I don't know, 12. Yeah. But anyway, so there's my really embarrassing one. Older Jessica, sister. Jessica, I love you. Ah. Um, yeah. Older sister. Yeah. Jessica's a huge fan of the marinade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she is. Huge fan. I'm sure she is. She won't leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. Um, but no, I think because my parents, my dad was in like a, a bar band. Yeah. So there was obviously a lot of Rolling Stones and Tom Petty mm. and James Taylor and, you know, just great older. That's not, yeah, yeah, that's not com a bad coming education. Out of, yeah. Yeah. Coming out of the stereo at home. But because we traveled to festivals as like our family vacation, there were a lot of these like unknown bands that were like my favorite. The Ducks. I don't know if you've ever oh, heard of the Ducks. so good. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, them 15 years ago was yeah. like, you could have convinced me that like that was the biggest band in the world that I could go see. And I knew that they weren't, but yeah. in my heart and those songs, it was like these people, these songs, this place, Swanee. <sighs> Magic. So, yeah. Bands like that, that 
and it made me want to be in a band, you know, yeah. like to watch that camaraderie and well, and the ducks and, and down to the Buffalo. Yeah. And yeah, there are yeah. a few bands that play at Swanee that do feel, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. They feel like the biggest band in the world when you're there Yeah, because there's something magic. First of all, these are great bands that we're talking right. about, but also there's something so magical that if you haven't been to Swanee, yes. it's so hard to explain to people what that experience is like. Yeah. And I've recorded several episodes there and had the, had the good fortune of going there the last, especially the last like eight years, I've gone to each roots festival. Yeah. Right? So going all the way back to the old spring fest and mad right. fest, yeah. you know? Um, but that's, that's so interesting. Like that, that those bands that, you know, the ducks, I don't think they're, they're together anymore. I don't think so either. Um, cause I, I know a couple of them played Swanee in some other iteration, Separately, you yeah. know? Um, but seeing them or, uh, elephant revival, the yeah. time I saw elephant revival there, you know? Uh, I could do that all day. And and John Stickley, John yeah, Stickley yeah. Trio, it, a John Stickley Trio set at Swanee. I don't know how to do that justice with my words. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just so incredible. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. So, but, and you mentioned though that at first, at, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yes. at first when you went to Swanee, you were kind of like, oh. oh. I was mad. I was like, what are we doing here? We camped a lot since we were kids. Yeah. So it wasn't the camping that bothered me. It was right. like the, what is this? We just spend all day sitting here listening to music of bands I've never even heard of. Right. When I could sit at home on my Walkman listen to Jessica Simpson. <laughs> she's um, going to write you back Yeah, she's totally going to. She's totally going to. Yeah. But um, no, I was, I was just a kid. I was annoyed. I didn't know why it would be fun other uh. than we're camping. But you're making me listen to these people that, you know, this is your music, mom. But that was before I played, you know, yeah. I was, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but it was one of the first MAGFests. And so it just, it hadn't even come onto my radar. Yeah. What music was going to mean to me. Yet. Yeah. So I, it, you know, I'm not mad at myself for being an angsty kid, but I look back now and I'm like, Oh girl, if you only knew. So you only knew. yeah. How cool is that though, that your parents stuck to it? You yeah. know, I, I don't know. And as a parent, what do you, you know, I mean, your kid's growing up in a very musical household. Yeah. So how, do you just sort of like, hey, this is us. We're going to do what we're going to do. Going to expose you to whatever. Right. Or, or are you conscious of like what you're exposing your kid to? You know what I mean? Do, yeah. Does that make any I, sense? Yeah, it does. I think um, Thomas and I have joked like since I was pregnant with him that he's going to be like a pro soccer player or something. He's going to do yeah. something that we have no training or ability in at all and right. that's fine sure and i think we made that joke but there's some truth to it like he's gonna be who he's gonna be right but yeah we definitely hope that he ends up uh you know wanting to play on stage with us in 20 years you know that would be so cool it would be amazing i mean it would be such a dream of our hearts but i don't want to project that onto him if he doesn't want to sure. i will say though already at almost three years old he's certainly showing signs of loving this oh that's this great music adventure that we've put him on so does uh he's only three but is he banging on stuff and yeah he's got yeah. a little drum kit that he loves yeah. and he's got songs of ours that he identifies with which i think there's some power in that. Like wow. what's this little person who really doesn't understand the words or doesn't understand what's going on, but can feel this melody line. Obviously we, we tapped into something with this melody line yeah. and he doesn't do it with every song. So like he's got a handful of songs of Thomas's, he's got a handful of songs of mine that he does that with. And we're like, okay, these are the keepers, you know? Is there a correlation between those songs and how you like the songs that he likes and the songs that you feel like, yeah, I got something special here. Yeah, well, what's funny is one of them of Thomas's, um, is one that, didn't really get pegged as like 
a lead single or whatever kind of song. But Abel has loved it from the get-go. And then when they were in the UK, it was one of the ones that a radio station was like, oh, we really love that one. Like, mm. I know that's not the one that you guys were promoting, but we really love that one. And we oh, were like, wow. ha, it's the one that Abel liked. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that'll always stick. Who knows? Maybe he's our litmus test. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, a little like uh, a little critic until he gets old yeah, enough exactly. to know any better, yeah. you know. And, and then, then he'll really be a critic. And the wor- yeah, <laughs> and the world messes him up. And he- <laughs> yeah, yeah. He starts to see images on TV. Oh, that's and- right. That's right. He'll join a punk band. He- he's on the internet before noon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not in our house, Mister. <laughs> You mentioned, I love the name, the Lionhearts, and I, you mentioned that you were driving down the street and that's when it came up. Can you yeah. talk about that inspiration? And Yeah, I so band names are incredibly hard, yep. um, or at least for me, because sure. it's so, it's supposed to be a picture of this tiny, you know, cosm that you're creating. Like, what do we call you? Here's yeah. what we call you. Yeah. And I wanted it to be something, you know, that held some weight, but I didn't want to overthink it and like, since the Heartbreakers was already taken as a band name, I, you know, had to pick something else because how awesome was that other than Hannah right. Harbour and the Heartbreakers? Yeah, it, makes so much, it makes so much sense. Oh, Tom, I love you. I miss you. Yeah. Um, oh. But I was driving and there was a billboard. I can't remember exactly what the billboard said. It had something about, it had the word heart on it. And I was like, okay, I could, st- I, like, I really am drawn to this heart thing. Like, what is this? Sure. And the imagery of like lion hearts and what that word really means. I don't remember exactly how it came and it's okay with me that it doesn't, but I remember getting home and going, I really love this. And Mm. I had voice texted Thomas, like, what about lion hearts? And because we had sent out the most ridiculous things back and forth to each other. Uh, like one of the ones he yeah. was like, Hannah Harbor has a band. And I was like, yes, okay, hilarious, but no. So, you know, <laughs> we, just, we just kept going. Yeah. And um, ever since then, I, 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 I love it. I'm okay with it. It's not like, it doesn't have to be any more profound than just it's a band name, but I really love it. Yeah. I think there's some power behind it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And I think, I think it explains the music too, to an extent as much as the band name can. Right. And that's what you're talking about. It's how you put a moniker on something that's you feel, you know, that your son is like connecting to in some way and people are connecting to on a deep level. Yeah. How the hell you give that a name? Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I think Prince didn't, you know, he was just, <laughs> <laughs> some people can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, the, you, you've talked a lot about like bouncing ideas off of Thomas, right? Yeah, he's an yeah. amazing musician in yes, his own right. Does that creative process, what does that look like for you guys? Um, this isn't where I ask you what it's like to fight on the road, but <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> what is Got that? Got it in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, uh, like for me, you know, and, and you got a chance to meet Chris earlier. Yeah. Um, our disciplines are very different. You know, she right now is doing some woodworking. She's a painter. Yeah. You know, she uh, is a film editor. None of that is within my sphere of expertise. I'm yeah. more of a writer. Um, that's kind of my thing, and words are my thing. And so it's good because we're able to give a totally different perspective on things to each other right so I can look at something that she's doing I may not be an expert on it but at least I can look at it from a different perspective and I'm a lot I I can almost as a not disinterested fan because she's you know my partner in life but but still I can look at it from a more objective perspective and she can do the same for something that I'm recording or something that I'm writing but you guys both make music yeah and it's different but it's within the same it's in the same sphere it is, it right is, yeah 
Yeah. Um, so what does that look like for you in terms of giving each other feedback and collaborating? It, um, it changes daily mm. sometimes. Um, and I think when we first met one another, we met at a show. Mm. Um, the band I was with then opened for them. Mm. And we were both dating other people. There was no like funny business. It was just a creative intrigue with what the other was doing. Very cool. And um, so I think because it started knowing that we both were pursuing that, that helped a lot. Yeah. It's not like uh. we were both um, like wallowing in our dying art form or what we just, we were already doing it. Yeah. Um, and that was a good starting point. But since then, any relationship dynamic with give and take is hard inside of two creatives. It's especially hard. Yeah. So we're learning all the time, but I think to sit at home and I can look over at him like during an episode of Westworld and be like, yo, that would be a great line. Or like, then you automatically, that inspires you to kick into some other thought process and we can go on those tangents because we both want to be tuned in like that. So I'm so grateful for him. But he also is like a stellar guitar player. And if mm. I'm going to have a guitar lesson, like why not take one from the guy that you wake up next to? You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. he's right there. Right. <laughs> um, so that part's really nice. We, mm people joke with us like what's it like to sit at home you just sit around and sing all the time uh, no yeah I wouldn't like picture that. travis's line about like a guy who mows lawns doesn't want to come home and mow his own lawn like we avoid music sometimes uh, as a means of self-love like uh, let's, wow. let's step out of this for a minute um because it's way too easy to be too business-minded or too analytical of something that you're doing and then letting that be your relationship for a minute Hmm. you know and then on the other side we'll swing to have days where like all we do is bounce some ideas and mm -hmm. so I think it's seasonal and we're just learning how to accept what that looks like at each time but we just for the first time in the last I'd say eight to ten months have started mm -hmm. really writing songs together oh wow um and so that's you know six years into a relationship with two songwriters and we never really crossed that bridge I think for a while I rebelled against it um, Why? I was, I was a little nervous about it, you know, uh, insecure, maybe even he's a great songwriter. Sure. Um, but we're doing it. That's interesting. Yeah. That part's really, really interesting. Yeah. That, cause I don't know. I mean, if I don't think I'd want to, it would be difficult for me again, you have to get out of your ego. It would be difficult for me to have an, another writer that I lived with yeah. and that I shared my life with. I don't know. How, I mean, I guess you adjust, right? Yeah. And sounds like for a while you went, okay, we're going to have kind of our separate yeah, things. Right, we're going to bounce right. ideas every once in a while. And then you came to that point where you went, all right, now I'm at a place where I can. Right. But you've also, I'm sure, grown quite a bit yeah, absolutely. As, you know, for, as a couple, but yeah. also as a songwriter yourself. Right. Right. You've grown yeah. probably a confidence that's. Well, coming, and I think that's right? where that artist way stuff, and I reckon anybody listening that is creates in any capacity or feels stuck especially in any capacity i cannot recommend her program enough but mm. um she does discuss like we all have an inner artist child and our our perception of our artist child really um can kill the thing that we're trying to create and so when you then show the thing that you already feel vulnerable vulnerable about to someone who can critique it and you know their critique holds water mm. then you're just adding some extra pain onto the thing that was already killing you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I know for sure that once I could get over the critique of my own like artist child, I could show him things. And if he did rightfully critique it or say, Oh, I love it. 
I could believe either thing, you know? Yeah. So it is about getting better individually, but you do, there's seasons of relationship and we're just trying to roll through them. And there's know? also nothing threatening about that, no. right? Like it's okay if, if you have an idea, he doesn't feel it or doesn't right. like it, or right. maybe it's not a good idea. Right, right. And that's totally fine yeah. too, right? Yep. Um, you were talking about the names, like when I was starting the show, you should have seen the list of names. <laughs> I think there's an Instagram post at some point of some of the ridiculous ideas. Yeah. And some of them I'd be like, all right, I got something here, you know? And then I'd take it to Chris or to a friend and they'd be like, Ooh, you might just want to, <laughs> you might want to keep working on that one, buddy. I don't even remember yeah. what, like career ultivity. That was one that I came up with. Oh yeah. I loved it. And, and nobody else did. And now I get it now as I look back on it, I'm like, that is a dumb idea. It's not good. <laughs> well, even if it's not dumb, but just like, yeah, nope, that wasn't it. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's not yeah. necessarily dumb. I thought it was so clever at the time. <laughs> and nobody else thought it was clever at all. And they're right. I think yeah. the marinade is the yes, one. It is. I love it. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having this me. This has been so great. I'm honored to be a part of this. Uh, thank you. And thank you for listening. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm so stoked for uh, for you and for the Kickstarter and the, the album and like shows. What You got shows coming up? Anything? We're not playing too much. We're actually, um, I'm headed to Tampa tomorrow, which I guess this won't come out in that time. So we no. can scratch that part. Um, we are going to be in Sanford, actually, our last show before we head back into the studio um, at Tuffy's on the 27th okay. of this month. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to call it quits for a little bit to jump straight into the studio and be there for a while. So, um, so I, full band at full, Tuffy's. Yeah, yeah. Full band okay. at Tuffy's our last Lionheart show before we get back in the studio and then we'll reemerge sometime early fall when everything's packaged and ready for sale. That's so <laughs> great. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Thank you. thought we were gonna do an intro and then we got to talking yeah yeah i mean i could be long-winded so i hope that was a no it was enough. wonderful yeah, cool. this i mean we may i don't know what to do with it now but i i want a, that i want all that out there so yeah, you could do with it whatever you whatever right, cool. you please Harbor, y'all. What an honor. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you so much to everybody else for listening. I appreciate y'all so, so much. Stay tuned to all of our social media so you can stay updated on what Hannah's got going on. She has made a lifelong fan out of me for sure. So uh, stay tuned to at Marinade Podcast on Twitter, Marinade underscore podcast on Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Marinade Podcast so that you can keep up with anything that we find out about Hannah and her new record coming out with the Lionhearts. 
Um, they are still working on that thing. And if this uh, unfinished track that we just got to hear, this one that hasn't even been mastered yet, is any indication, this is going to be an incredible record. I'm so stoked to hear that song. I'm so excited for what they have coming. Make sure, if you haven't already, y'all, go over to wherever you consume podcasts and just give us a rating. It makes a big difference. Um, also want to make a little plug for Patreon. Our Patreon patrons are incredible. We just released episode two of Jason's Journey, which is those creative moments that don't necessarily fit in the podcast. Experiences that I've had uh, either in my own life uh, or, or their experiences that I've had uh, meeting other people and hearing their stories. A lot of times they involve musicians. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're my travels, but just stories that kind of led me to, to where I am and to releasing this podcast and to writing and and all the things that I try to do creatively. So check us out over on Patreon for just a few bucks a month. You can uh, you can really make a difference in what we're trying to do with the show. I try to make sure I send out swag to our Patreon patrons as often as possible. We just got magnets, and I'm putting those in the mail this weekend. Uh, also looking to make a T-shirt. I actually have a meeting coming up this week for a T-shirt design that we have some ideas around. Um, give me some feedback, y'all. Shoot me a message and let me know whether you think... Uh, think you'd be interested in a t-shirt if if i set them at like 20 bucks on the website if that's something you'd be interested in i think that's what we're gonna gonna try to do to, to just make sure that we're recouping the cost of it um but i'm excited about that prospect thank you all so much again for listening i have been getting down on some really cool stuff but not a whole lot different from the last time because y'all have me so motivated to continue to crank out these episodes they've been going so well and you've given me such great feedback and we still have another one in the hopper y'all so my what i'm getting down on hasn't changed a ton but i have discovered a couple of new things i've been listening to big red machine Uh, check that record out it's amazing i also discovered water liars I don't know how this has escaped me, but um, I just came on my Pandora, and I've just really been enjoying their self-titled record. I've also been consuming a lot of Hannah Harbour. You can find her stuff over on Spotify. And then I kind of revisited T. Hardy Morris's Dude the Obscure and found out he's coming around to Orlando pretty soon. So I'm going to fire off an email and see if we can't charm T. Hardy Morris to come on the marinade. Other than that, I'm still reading Summer of Hate, that book about Charlottesville by Halls Spencer. It's an incredibly well-written journalistic approach. It is uh, very fair, um, which is, I think, very difficult to do when you're talking about something that is so emotionally charged. But I've learned a ton about some of the goings-on around Charlottesville, some of the shortcomings of the police and other folks involved. And hopefully it's a lesson for us to to prevent something like like that from happening again in the future. Um, Such a tragic event and uh, such a a watershed moment for our country. And I, I hope in the long run that we react the way that we need to react. Still got episode uh, 19 coming out with the great Micah Schnabel returning. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for y'all to hear it. And uh, other than that, I got Jason's Journey coming out, episode three, uh, just about a week after this episode is released. So that's only for our Patreon patrons. Uh, head on over to patreon.com if you can if you can afford just a, a few extra bucks a month to help support us. It makes a big difference. Um, shout out to Bonnie Payton, our brand new Patreon patron. We keep adding folks to the fold. It's a nice little community that we got going. I love y'all. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Cheers, y'all.